I did note the cafeteria rules at John Adams High, which doesn't have anything to do with the episode, so I want to talk about them right now. What? The, it's on the wall over Feeney and Chet Hunter's shoulder. You see a sign that has cafeteria rules. What are the cafeteria rules? No loud talking. Oh, that one makes sense. But Okay. No reading. No reading? No shouting, which is just no loud talking again. No reading? No reading, which I have a, I, it makes sense how small that cafeteria is to how big that school is. There's no time for lollygagging. You got to eat and get out. I think we decided that there's lots of cafeterias, right? Um, still, they're very small. And I guess you can't read in them. I feel like... Mr. Feeney is a history teacher. He doesn't like reading. I feel like Mr. Feeney has read in that cafeteria. You're probably right. He's a hypocrite. He is a hypocrite. I mean, it's true. He never takes his own advice. Again, in this episode, he doesn't take his own advice. Is he a hypocrite? No. Okay. I don't know what that means. He's not a doctor. Yeah. I do know that. Unless... He could be. Maybe he did. I feel like they would refer to him as Dr. Feeney, though. He seems the type. <laughs> uh, who would make special emphasis that you call him Dr. Feeney. Uh, that's Dr. Feeney to you, Mr. Turner. <laughs> Listen to me, Mr. Turner. Anyway, we can get started. Inventor of the microwave oven, unless someone real decides to sponsor us. This is Boy Meets World Fever, and I am one of your hosts, Cameron. And I'm your other host, Chance. How's it going, Chance? It's good. That was a good brought to you by. Oh, thank you. I think we switch into different voices when we start the podcast. I think you're exactly right, because usually I'm right here. When I do the intro, it's like, brought to you by, like a, like a, it wasn't like that at all. That was a third I think character. We haven't been doing this long enough to like have podcast voices, but I guess we do. Maybe so, but not the rest of the time. No, probably not. I would have done Bruce Springsteen, but. I was thinking about that. Yeah, the inventor of the microwave oven is funny. I like that. That's a good Diddy? one. Diddy? Cut it, print it. Love it. How you doing, Cam? Oh, I'm fine. I'm, I saw this thing online today that was like, me, I got a full hour, full eight hours of sleep last night. My neck. Yes, but you did it wrong. And that's kind of how I've been feeling all day. Oh. I got a good night of sleep last night and my neck really hurts. What's sleep like? Will you tell me about it? Oh, you know, you just go escape from the world for a little while. I, I don't. unconscious for several hours. I don't think I've slept more than four hours any night this entire week. Wow, that's going to bring a very interesting energy to this conversation. <laughs> I'm very tired. Hey, I like it. Um, I don't like it. I don't like that for you. It's true. I like the possibilities. The one night that I could go to sleep this week, I like got all settled into my bed and got all snug as a bug on a rug. And I was like, oh, it's 11.30 and I don't have to wake up until 7.30. This is going to be wonderful. And then, no joke, I get in bed, I'm laying there. And I hear a thunk, thunk. I'm like, I'm like, oh, what was that? And then the smell of skunk just filled my entire cottage. And someone had run over a skunk, and it smelled so bad. Oh dear. I was just sitting there with my nose burning, and I, I don't hate the smell of skunk like a lot of people. It's, it's bearable. It's not pleasant. I mean, yeah, it's definitely not pleasant, but it. For me, it's just kind of a smell that happens sometimes. But it, that much, that close to my mm-hmm. place, it was so bad. I mean, too much of anything's going to be too much. 
It's true. I considered, no joke, calling 911. <laughs> like, I know a crime wasn't happening, but like... The crime was happening to your nose. Well, but like, who else are you going to call? Like Ghostbusters? Sorry. Well... I've been trained, conditioned over the years. Whenever anyone I, says, who are you going to call? I, I respond, Ghostbusters. I didn't even say gonna. I said, who else? <laughs> it's still, who you going to call? Ghostbusters! So yeah, I didn't call 911. But someone called someone because the skunk was gone in the morning. But it did take me like three hours. Maybe a hawk came and got it. We have a lot of hawks in our neighborhood. They're not really um, carrion feeders, though. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Something must have. So yeah, that was my one night that I could go to sleep. Uh, a skunk got hit outside my... my like, it, this week was just anti-me sleeping. Okay. I'm sorry to hear that. It's it's whatever. You you actually texted me this morning. You're like, you were awake? You awake? And I went... Always. It makes a lot of sense now. Uh, I just wasn't, I wasn't sure. It's true. It's true. I was on my way to work when you did that, so I was very much awake. All um, right. Well, we should just get into it because there are some, these are just another two good episodes. They are. I think. Um, and sort of our first two-parter. It's not officially a two-parter. Yeah. But the themes from one episode carries into the next, across the A and B plot. It's definitely the most serialized set of episodes we've had so far. Mm-hmm. And apparently it, they both include Jason, which I never remember. And barely include Topanga. Yeah. I'm glad that this is kind of the end of that trend. Yeah. Yeah. T- Jason dies so that Topanga can fly. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's already the best part of season two. Yeah. Even though she's barely, she's in, barely it. in it. And she's still just the star. Um, I, well, let's jump in. Let's jump in. Uh, the very wonderfully named episode 222. Yes, 222. Um. Career day. 22. We will never have this again. No, because there's no 333. Yeah, no 444. This will be the only time we can do this. We could have done it for 111. It's true. I don't remember. We will have an episode 311. It's true. And Amber is the color of our energy. It is. Um. There was no cut there, guys. We really did pick up that quickly. What the other? What was else talking can about. you do? Everyone who's listening to this is like, "What the heck?" Is amber is the color of your energy? Um, Look it up. Read a book. Open a book. How would opening a book? I mean, I, I get you what you're open doing. the right book. Eighties <laughs> uh, pop music. Go buy a three eleven album and take the little paper booklet inside out and open it, and you'll see the lyrics we're talking about. You are so old. Because every three eleven album has that song on it. I would assume it's got to. It has to. Amber is the color of our energy. Anyway, we we will we will talk so much more about this in episode eleven of next of se- next season. I we gotta have the right guest on. What's three eleven up to? <laughs> You don't hear much from them these days. Let's just reach out. Will you be on episode <laughs> three like, of our podcast? Uh, again with this. Why do people keep asking us this? It's not even the 311th episode. It's just the show episode number 311. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there's probably not a lot of shows with 311 episodes. No, probably Law and Order, maybe. Simpsons. I mean, if we do this whole show like, I don't know, three times? Yeah, still. Well, wait, seven seasons, they have at least 22 episodes, so we'd only have to do it like two and a half times. Yeah. With doing one episode, we do two right now. Mm-hmm. Though we we have decided, for those of you in Listenerville... Which probably, is all of you. Well, yes. We are probably, for season three, when the show becomes much more about relationships, 
and we're just going to have a lot more to talk about because I was going through season three and every episode is about none of it's like the one where they get up to a shenanigan. It's all like well, sometimes they do. Well, yes, but it, it's all very relationship based. So we're probably going to go down to one episode, a episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they get kind of long. Mm-hmm. Um, though I'm sure you love to listen to us. It's true. I, I feel if like we stuck with us this far. Because even like even like the more episodic episodes, I feel like are going to give us a lot to talk about, like relationship wise. Because it's not another one where Corey finds himself and Turner proves Feeny wrong that you can be a cool teacher and relate to the kids. Yep, doesn't happen. Yeah, it's not. Like, Thank goodness. <laughs> I am so tired. I, I feel like this at very episode we're about to talk about is the send-off to Corey's mm-hmm. identity issues. Like And to the Feeny Turner. Yeah. Because they both sort of both... come up, uh-huh. but are dismissed very quickly in favor of more important things. Yeah. So And I have something to say about the Feeny Turner one when we get to it. Okay. Because I feel like the way it's handled is very different than I... up to this point. I agree. And actually, I want to start with a talk of the Corey identity thing. Because okay. I think it starts. So, let's jump in. Episode 222. Since I'm already talking, I'll summarize. This is career day. It's career day. and Is it career day? Well, sometimes it's career day. Not always. That sounded very Trump-like. <laughs> anyway, sometimes oh, this episode starts with career day, but not always. But when it does start with it, career, career day. career day is positively toward the negative. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, um, uh... The show starts, it is career day in Mr. Turner's class for whatever reason that I will never understand. Again, just a dartboard. (laughs) And uh, the show is very belittling to working class people. And Sean's dad shows up and is very charming. Mm -hmm. He's very charming. Uh, But he's really only there to tell his son that he is leaving for the weekend to go find Sean's mother, who ran away and Sean stays at a motel. Wow, this is a bad summary, but I t- it's it really a, is. It's a hard episode to summarize. Yeah, it's it is. Um and Sean and Turner's relationship deepens. There we go. Okay. Beautifully said. Nah, it wasn't. <laughs> but there's a this was a dense episode. I was like, what do I include and what do I not include? Yeah, I mean there's a lot. Um, also, Eric studies for the SATs. Also, Eric studies for the SATs. And hurts himself a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Do we want to just talk about that real quick? I just love it so much. It's very funny. Maybe really bad. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay, so I don't even think I don't even think we give Eric like a, a moment by moment. In every scene, he is studying for the verbal part of the SATs with Jason, does something stupid. Uh-huh. Like he spills hot soup on his lap. He's like, I'm in test zone. All my other senses don't even matter. I'm just like studying. And he drops hot soup on his lap, doesn't really notice. And then Jason's like, you just spilled hot soup on your lap. And he's like, ah! Yeah, and it's very funny, especially the soup part. Uh-huh. And then he's like at home and he uh, keeps like, like burning himself. Uh-huh. Or he's just like, I have this like tension in my neck and shoulders. Right. And then his dad's like, it's because you didn't take the hanger out of your coat. And he like reaches behind him and pulls the like hanger out that yep. he left on his jacket. And then he takes off the jacket and his clothes are ripped. Assuming that he's hurt himself many more times today, mm-hmm. he leans against the stove, burns his hand, goes upstairs, screams. Power flickers. Oh, that's later. He screams, and they're like, and Amy goes, my fault. I left the iron on. (laughs) And then later on, the power flickers, and Jason comes downstairs. Just need some ice. 
your son's okay. He just needs some ice. So, does Eric have an undiagnosed disability? I don't know. Um, I don't either. I think the next episode will get to some of my thoughts. I really want to push against something that has come up and something that will come up again. Mm-hmm. Eric is working very hard. He is. Extremely hard. Yet, in this episode, in earlier episodes, and will come up again, Feeney will, will say stuff like, Eric, Eric is get, lazy. Yeah, he's lazy. Like, it's not, a, it's not a mental acuity problem. It's a application problem. But that's not true. Yeah, BS. Because <laughs> he's working very hard. Unless when he's like, I'm going to study, and he's just like, not? Because we've seen the study skills of Corey and Sean. Mm-hmm. So unless he's applying those same sort of study skills. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't seem to be, because by like the, the little tag at the end where he and Jason are talking and they're like, <laughs> Which these is are superlative victuals <laughs> and the libations. And they're just like using all these vocab words. The part where they say, yeah, at the same time is very funny. <laughs> yeah. This it, is a good send off to Jason, these episodes. It's true, though. I like our theory where he and Desiree are still together. Is the In Europe. Uh-huh. Jason goes on their European... I mean, he goes trip. at the end of summer. Mm-hmm. So this is the end of the season. So after this, he goes to Europe. Yep, after this... And never returns. I, I also like the idea that Jason went home, but his house actually had radon, and he died. Oh, no. <laughs> Have you checked your house for radon? He wasn't making a joke about Eric kind of losing it. He was genuinely concerned. <laughs> and then he dies. And then he dies. Um, yeah. So, I'm not sure what radon does. I remember it being a big thing, like, get radon tests for your home. Is it, like, radioactive? Does it give you cancer? I would assume it's called radon. (laughs) It's right there in the name. (laughs) I mean, radon rad. You'd think. I don't know. So there is that. That's basically all that there is. And then in the tag, he's like... It's very funny. It's it's not much to talk about. It's just like a good... Especially like later, there's like some heavier moments. And then like Jason and Eric come in the door and Eric's got a nosebleed. And it's like, everything's fine. Just a nosebleed. And it's like this good way to break up kind of the seriousness of the rest of the episode. Right. Though I feel like the first part of this episode is really funny. Mm-hmm. Like through Chet saying that he's leaving the first time. Yeah. It's really funny. And then it gets more serious in the back half. Yeah. Maybe back three-fifths. Yeah. I think that's true. And I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it. While we are past the point where I am antagonistic towards Feeney, I feel like the Eric story is showing Feeney is bad at assessing his students. Like, mm-hmm. Eric is clearly working hard. It's He's not good at taking tests. He's not good at, what's it, cl- classic academics. Mm-hmm. Like, And Feeney just refuses to see it. He's like, well, if Eric is doing badly, it must be because he's lazy. Mm-hmm. So... I was going to say, Feeney, not a good look. Come on, Feeney. Come on, We Feeney. know you're better than that. Or do we? We do. Uh, we know you're better. Come and on the show. You, you have some great moments in these episodes. But I'm just saying, combined with the episode earlier about Eric just being lazy and not caring and wanting to rely on his looks. Which in that particular episode, it appeared to be true. I, I feel like or we just see like it. his view of history, like it's finished, it's done, let's move on. Mm-hmm. But that's just like he had no interest in it. That's true. Like this is this is different. This is language. This is yeah. It's just a, the verbal part of the SAT. That's true. I never took the SAT. Did me you? neither. We were ACT. Yeah, I'm ACT. State. I know a lot of people who took the SAT just for kicks and giggles. I guess, or maybe well, I know like the PSAT is how you qualify for national merit. So you have to take the PSAT and do well enough to qualify to begin that process. 
Okay. My parents are mad because I didn't take it because I didn't care. Uh, Even me, like the academically driven one, was just like. Can I can I make a confession? Maybe. I have no idea. I like I've heard the name National Merit or being National Merit. I've heard that probably my whole life. No clue yeah, what well, it is. You live in Norman, and OU likes to brag about it. It's just basically like the top certain people of like high school seniors, like academically. And so typically you get like full ride scholarships and like stuff that comes along with that. But it's very competitive. It sounds lame. It sounds like a way for white people to self-aggrandize themselves. I mean, I don't know. I have two friends that were them. Were they white? Two girls I graduated with. Yeah. Self-aggrandizement. White people are the worst. No, Danny and, Danny and Becca, I love you both. <laughs> don't listen to my co-host. There's, there's, Let's check out my Pinterest email. It's our new segment. What's on Cameron's Pinterest email? Just, no, this is a bad segment. Stop this. Ooh, planos de casas. Alien creatures. I need you all to tweet at Cameron. To Grunge stop tattoos. This. Stop this. Tweet at us and let us know that this is your favorite segment. Let's look at alien creatures. No, let's not look at alien creatures. This is bad. We need this to stop. Oh, these are sick. That is a Zerg from StarCraft. It is Pinterest. You pin things that... You, is that an alien creature? Yes. Then what's the problem? This isn't saying this is like... What, what is this? Who? What is... This is just a person. That's just a person. That's just a human person. I've seen two just dragons. Where? Isn't that... Chance you're blind. Well, that's you true. You don't get to... Oh, that's that's unsettling. No, thank you. We're gonna... You did this. That's all, Pinterest. You, thank you. You did this to yourself. Alien creatures. What's on Cameron's Pinterest for the week? That's all. I hate you. <laughs> Gotta give the people what they want. We haven't released the last episode where that happened, so we don't know if they want it or not. <laughs> I don't... I don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> All right, so anyway, anything else we want to say about Eric? Um, no. You seem very unsure. I'm just, I just, I loved it. I, I, I laughed a lot. It's just not much. Yeah, there's just not much going on there. But it's very funny. So we'll cut back. It's career day at school. Mm-hmm. Corey's worried because he's the son of a grocer. He is the manager of the largest supermarket in their suburb of Philadelphia. Yeah. But he's a grocer. Grocer? <laughs> yes. Grocer, grocer. Grocer? Do you, do you, sh- or s- I think it's... I think you're right. Grocer. Groceries. Because it's groceries. Gro- then we Getting can't. some groceries? Grocery. Groceries. Groceries sounds gross. You're a grocer. Grocer? Sounds like you have a lisp. Anyway. Um, yes. So they're very, being... The show is just like <laughs> working class. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, yeah. Is it, though? I think so. Or is it just saying Alan just flames out? No, because it's all about what he does, not about how he sells it. I guess. There are some funny moments, though. Though I do have to say, 21 kinds of rice is a lot of rice. It is. And that's not even including the short grains. I think that was just a joke. Why would that be a joke? Well, it was a bad joke. Why would this be a joke, Chance? Rice is very important to me, and an important staple food in many cultures in the world. And the writers of Boy Meets World would not be so insensitive. Yeah, they would. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, so uh, Corey is concerned. Again, we get into identity here because he he's not really worried about his dad. He's not really worried about anything. He's worried about being identified as Corey, the son of a grocer. Mm-hmm. Grocer? Wait, stop. No more. You did that to yourself. I did. Um, and, and it seems like this is going to be a much bigger part of the episode than it is. It's kind of the bookends. Like, is this at the beginning mm-hmm. and then the very last scene? 
mm-hmm. kind of wraps it up and wraps it up nicely. It does, but I think I think this episode has you or this season, I guess, has you trained to be like, oh, this is going to be the conflict because this is all about Corey's identity. Uh huh. But then it fortunately it's not. Yeah, it's not. Which is why I say I think this and and we could be proven wrong because I didn't remember that that was the main through line of this season. So maybe it's in other seasons that I don't know. But it does seem like this is the the cap. Like in some ways Corey throughout this episode realizes that there's more important things in the world than his identity. Uh-huh. And like your identity is more than just the like what you do for a job. Yeah, more like than just one. Kind thing. of the activities that you do. It's the other things you do as a person. Yeah. That's what your identity is and should be. Yeah. Like and it, it's not explicitly stated, but it is kind of implicit like cuz I don't I we deal with this like in like, occasional episodes again, but we'll never deal with this again like seasonally. So, I think I think this is the cap. I think, like, Corey, through Sean, like, Corey realizes, oh, there's so much more to a person than being a jock, being a geek. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much more to a person. Like, my dad may be a grocer, but he's also... He's, like, a good man. Yeah, he's a good man. He's my dad. Uh-huh. Like, so I think this is the cap. Yes. I think we're done with Thankfully. it. Thankfully. But now, let's get to the jokes. Now let's get to the jokes. So, Topanga's dad's coming up, and he's... Uh, no. <laughs> He's like, my vocation, or let me tell you about my vocation. And Sean raises his hand. He's like, not summer vocation. Yes. <laughs> Turner showing that he knows Sean very well at this point. Not summer vocation, Sean. And he like slowly lowers his hand. <laughs> it's very funny. Uh-huh. And then Topanga's dad is like, I'm a luthier, which is a person who makes guitars mm-hmm. and then sean's like well i'm a presbyterian but to each their own i say with sean being a presbyterian is an interesting idea but anyway sure, yeah <laughs> wonder which one pca i can see him being pca um no one none, none of our listeners will know what that means some of them maybe a few there's a guy who just tweeted at us who's a that's pastor true. In, that's true. in tulsa he he might know i think none Philip? of our other listeners yes What's up, Philip? How you doing? I don't know why I did that like Joe trivia. No, thank you. <laughs> I'm not a fan of that. Um, but then he's like, no, that means that I make musical instruments. And then Sean's like, well, that's got to be the nuttiest religion I've ever heard of. It's true. It's true. It's very funny. <laughs> and actually, a religion where you make musical instruments sounds lovely. Yeah. I want to do that. It's almost like the Jedi making their own lightsaber. Yeah, but I make my own axe. And by axe, I mean guitar. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We've had that conversation. We have. I would make my own stand-up bass. Well, what musical instrument would I make if I could make musical instruments? What would be cool? No. I will, while Cameron thinks, Cameron once ran a D&D session where we all played bards, and I played a half-orc bard with a stand-up bass that transformed into an axe. Just so you all know. If I made instruments, I feel like it would be fun to make all the wacky wild instruments that they play in the Blue Man Group. That seems like a cop-out. Okay, then a violin. Okay. Oh, ours are in the same family. Yeah. Mine's just a much bigger version than yours. But I want to pluck. I don't want to bow. I want It's about the it's about the craftsmanship. True. I don't know why, but for some reason in my mind you were going to say xylophone. I thought about it. <laughs> you have to cut all the pieces. It seems like it could be very exciting. If we have maybe any, a little too exciting for me, Chance. If we have any listeners out there who are xylophone makers, hit us up. Tell us how it's done. We'll, we'll bring you on the show for a special bonus xylophone episode. These these are the these are the careers that are never in career. Or day. a marimba. A vibraphone is cool. Vibraphones are cool. But you never 
what career day has xylophone makers or luthier or luthiers or morticians funeral directors those are never at career day Mm -hmm. i do though i like just from a teaching perspective i really like the idea of a career day or something like that like an it's it's a form of advocacy not just to be like hey kids think about your future but like for because in a school typically i mean this classroom doesn't seem very diverse Mm -hmm. i think it's all white people but then there's like a mom who's black and there's like an Asian dad, which they don't match any kids in the room, but I mean, it could be. Um, But in terms of seeing adults and even successful adults from all sorts of different backgrounds, I think is really important from an advocacy standpoint, not just to see here's all of the successful white people coming to talk to you about things, but it's like every person coming here to talk to you about things and being invested and interested in you and your education. I think that's really important. It's true. It's true. But it does call into question how the one Southern white guy who was late still got moved up in front of all of those diverse adults. Mm, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I mean, you're exactly right. But it seemed like he kind of took over, well, which is all, still is part of the... Turner calls him up. I'm just saying. Turner. Bad look. Man. Maybe he was on the list and he was like, well, he's not here, so I'm going to skip him. But then he showed up. Okay. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. I just really wanted to make it more controversial than it probably needed to be. Hey, you know. It is what it is. Um, we also find out to- Topanga has a nickname. Tippy. Tippy. Which the boys laugh at and then Topanga growls at them. Yes, a very good callback to season one. <sighs> uh, Topanga looks great. Uh-huh. I like this her. This is like, like her one moment though. Yeah. Uh, but I like her business. Her hair, still on point. Like, Topanga's great. She growls like she did in season one, which is great. Where is she in the rest of the episode? Give me more Topanga. I do like that she was like giddy over talking to Bruce Springsteen. It's true. It's just like... Teen girl Topanga. Though, is Bruce Springsteen that cool even then? Yeah. The boss? Cool you kidding now? me? All I can remember is when he racked himself on the camera at the Super Bowl. That's all you can remember about Bruce Springsteen? Well, that's what I always think about first. Okay. But I love all the hits. Heart of Rock and Roll. Name another. That's not That's not Bruce Springsteen. Oh. I didn't. <laughs> Born to Run. Born to Run. Born, Born in the USA. Yeah. Uh, all the Born songs. <laughs> there's one more that's really popular and I'm totally blanking on it. I'm really proud of us. We're so <laughs> embarrassing. I, I really... I listened to Bruce Springsteen's entire Western album I mean, he's recently. got good stuff. Let's just... No, don't do this. Okay, fine. <laughs> you, you stink. We do need to y- yes. move along. Um, <laughs> but I will say, Tippy's dad is a little braggadocious. So you make guitars for all of the famous people? Most yeah, of them. most of them. Little braggy McBraggers yeah, over like here. Yeah, he's like living this humble little life. Yeah. Mm. So this will be something we need to remember for much later. When the monkeys. This, this no, like seasons from now. Well, yes, just yes, we do. Remembering her dad, just remembering this moment where he shows his true colors. This should actually be put on the timeline. Tippy has a father. He makes he guitars. makes guitars and plays guitars. Yep, Jedediah. Jedediah is his name. Jedediah um, Luthier Lawrence. And then Alan goes up and does awful. Because, like, the second before he goes up, Turner's like, and you're probably thinking he's going to come up here and tell you how many different kinds of rice there are. But he's going to do much more, like, more than that. And then Alan just, like, nosedives from there. But then he says, we don't just sell whatever. We sell dreams. And then a kid's just like, what aisle? Yeah. That kid is a jerk. Yeah. And he is later a jerk, too. Yeah. That kid is later a jerk. And he's eating cantaloupe with a spoon. What are you? What a... Who even are you? What a dunce. Yeah. A knucklehead. And this is ridiculous. 
managing a major grocery store in a metropolitan area that's not easy no it's a huge responsibility with like a lot of really important things that you do Mm -hmm. and even alan i called him adam who am i chat hunter even alan like undersells himself later that's right with amy thank you um yeah but then he's finishing up and then in comes this Southern this gentleman. Um, and he said, I was in the hall having a smoke. Don't endorse it. Don't deny it. Yep. <laughs> it's Chet Hunter. Yep. I just have a big exclamation point. Chet. What else can you say? And the my favorite joke, maybe in both episodes, is Turner welcoming him up and Corey going like, Sean, what does your dad do? He's like, quiet. I'm going to try to find I'm ready yeah. to find out. He's like, I don't know, but I'm, I'm eager to find out. We learned that Chet is basically a con man. Mm-hmm. Um, and a tall teller. He's someone with the last name Turner in an elevator told him about his 24-hour news network, Chet News Network. <laughs> and then he looks to Mr. Turner. Oh, no relation. Yeah, no relation. Um, so yeah, and then he goes, who here has a microwave oven? Everybody Every- raises their hands. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, it's, it's something. Mm-hmm. It's something. Yeah. And then we cut to the cafeteria from there, and Corey is down on himself. Yeah. Again, <laughs> just really yeah. focused on himself. Very focused on himself. You remember the the first baseman who had that really easy grounder roll through his legs at the World Series, and they lost, and he was so embarrassed? I envy I, his son. I envy his son. Shut up. <laughs> like, shut up. I mean, to be fair, that uh, the jerk kid does make fun of him. Because he's like, my dad said, the cantaloupe is your friend. And then the kid's over there like, look, I'm eating your dad's friend. Like, he was being in a butthole. A dude was eating a cantaloupe like a grapefruit. He was the one with the problem. <laughs> Corey needs to get over himself. Don't eat cantaloupe like that, you freak. You cut it and eat it like any melon. Uh, yes. Or you use a melon baller. Oh, melon ballers are nice. And then you put a, a, a liquor in there. I've seen it where they do that with a watermelon. And they, oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I do want one of those liquefiers that you like put in the top of watermelon. Oh, you just you know, <laughs> liquefy the inside. I just but, don't like watermelon that much. I don't either. But I think if you like kind of liquefy it like that, put some sugar in it, did a few things, and some pretty good. other maybe, things. Maybe you could do it with cantaloupe. I don't. I really don't like cantaloupe. You don't like cantaloupe? No. I'm actually not a big fan of like just watermelon either. But I like cantaloupe and honeydew. Don't like either of those. You're just not. There's not a melon guy. I don't like cucumbers either. I think they're in a similar family. Maybe. I don't know. They're in a similar scent family at Bath and Body Works. Cucumber melon. Stop that. I hate it. It's the worst smell. Worse than run over skunk. No. No, it's not. (laughs) No. I promise you it is not. Um, Yes, but then in comes Chet being hounded by Mr. Feeney. And Feeney's saying, if you're not a staff or a teacher, like you can't be here right now, which is true. Mm -hmm. Should not have been. But then he's like, I am the principal of this school. I am um, George Millhouse Feeney. Yes, George Feeney. He doesn't say Millhouse. I just wanted to say that. Um, And he's like, no, I'm... George Feeney. Well, no, he doesn't say that. He's he's just like, you are not George Feeney. And Sean comes up, Mr. Feeney. And both of them say, yes. yes. <laughs> and Jack goes, oh, you're Feeney too? He's like, no, I'm Feeney one. I'm Feeney one. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he learns that um, he's Sean's dad, he goes, we're very proud of Sean. He goes, I'm surprised to hear you say that. I am too. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> so am I. Which is, is very funny. It's very funny. Um, yeah, and then we find out, or Chet is coming to tell Sean that 
where he's like, did you kiss your mother this morning? Yes. Well, it's going to have to last you for a while because she took off. Yeah. Which apparently has happened before. Yeah. Where she's run off, but this time it's different. Why is it different? Because she took the house. She, yes. The, the problem with the mobile home is it moves. Yeah. The problem with the mobile home is it moves. <laughs> um, so the, we need to work on our chat hunter. I don't want to. <laughs> Um, we do get evidence later that he's probably from Oklahoma. Anyway, um, yes, yeah, so Sean's mom took off. I think it's kind of played as like, oh, sometimes she just like gets fed up and like leaves for a little while and then comes back. Mm-hmm. But this time... Seems to be more. She like took the whole house and took off. So Chet's going after her. Um, it seems like Sean's going to go with him, but then he doesn't. Uh-huh. And this is where the, sh- the, the, the story really just shifts because it's no longer about Corian and his identity. Really, Thankfully. these two episodes are the Sean show. And they're better for it. I think so, too. They're better for it. Um, let's see. Um, Alan is sad. He has the mirror of Corey's joke about the uh, baseball. Mm-hmm. He's like, you remember that guy at the World Series who did this? I envy him. Yep. Um, he's like, or Amy's like, would I have married you if you were boring? He, he goes, says, apparently. Apparently it did. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, Corey is probably thrilled and is on his way to thank you. And Corey shows up and he's like, did Sean call? And you can just see the disappointment on Alan's face. And he's like, no, why? And he's like, well, his mom took off. And his dad's like, well, this has happened before, right? Uh-huh. And he goes, well, this time she took the house. And he goes, ooh, that's not a good sign. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> that's okay. You're right. It's not. Um, and Corey is very overwhelmed the rest of this episode, I would say. he. I, I feel like he's very subtly acted. Like, he's no longer over the top, and he's like, oh, I, I really don't know what to do. Yeah, very befuddled. I think it's a good acting job. Um, I don't like Corey in either of these episodes. No. But I think... He's kind of a non-presence from here on out. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a little bit here and there, but it's not about him. No, it's really not. It's, it's the Sean show. Um, which... Maybe is when Boy Meets World is at its best. We'll talk about it. Um, but then... I think we go to Turner's apartment. Yeah, we're right? in Turner's apartment, and he's there with Miss... I forget her name. Cat. Uh, Cat. Yeah. Um, um, yes, and uh, <laughs> there's a lot of sex jokes between Cat and Two her. consenting adults. Consenting. Yep, two consenting adults consenting. And basically, she wants to have the commitment talk with him. Uh-huh. And he does not. He does not. A trope, yes. But we don't know Turner's history, so... Mm-hmm. Maybe a maybe we don't know. Is she we don't right? Know. Is he right? Thinking of future events, I can see it, but at this point, we don't know. Yeah, yeah, but we yeah uh, we don't know, and I think there's a discussion here that we should probably have next episode about like whether or not Cat's right or Turner's right. Like I just feel like there's something there, but I think I say we save that for their big scene next time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they're having a romantic evening. Turner's looking away for a way to get out of this define the relationship conversation uh-huh. and then there's a knock at the door there's a knock on the door he goes i did not plan this <laughs> doesn't that also happen the next time uh he doesn't say i did not plan this again gotcha because they're they're this time they're kind of being playful next time they're fighting yeah so if there was a time to plan it next time next time would have been much better um yes but it turns out it's sean Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just kind of showing up. Doesn't really have a say a reason why he shows up at first. Yeah, he's just like, I heard about. Are, are we ever going to read any of that Forest Hemingway? <laughs> Forest Hemingway. <laughs> he's like next year. He's like, oh good. I hear he's. I hear he's good. Mm-hmm. So apparently, I feel like Sean would really like Ernest Hemingway. This Sean? A little older Sean. Okay, I can see that. Just sort of that. This Sean sort of worldly kind of. Yeah. Exploring things. 
I do like the joke. I do like the joke. Oh, you teachers sure do look work late. Late. I didn't expect Miss Tompkins to uh-huh. be there. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you teachers sure do work late. This is the second time Sean has realized that Turner and Tompkins have sex. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> so anyway. That's a thing that happens. And Miss um, Tompkins leaves. Mm-hmm. And then um, Sean reveals that his dad left him at a motel. At a motel. Um, and Turner's like trying to process this stuff. And then Sean's eating some of his food. And they're kind of talking about it. And he's like, You don't have, like, you could, did he say he could stay there? He's, he basically says, like, You know, if you want to save some money, you can you can crash here. Mm-hmm. He's like, Nah, I just paid the guy $5 to turn on the TV. It's like, How would you eat? Sit on the couch, watch some free TV, I'll clean up, and then give you a ride. Yeah, we'll give home. you a ride back to the motel. And then he looks over after cleaning up a tiny little bit, and Sean's, like, out yeah. on the couch. I, I'm guessing the motel was scary, I'm guessing, is the idea. Yeah, or even just the thought of being alone. Even even though Sean has probably been on his own a lot, mm-hmm. it's still not... Like, he's 13. That's, like, a lot. Mm-hmm. Actually, likely Sean is 14. That's true, because he's right? older. And at the end of season one, he said he was 13, so he's probably 14. Yeah. So but it's still just like a lot to process. And I think this scene like says so much about kind of the relationship that Sean and Turner have. Or are going to have, maybe. No, even that they have, because Sean wouldn't just go to his house See, I, for this moment if there well, he didn't feel like Turner was a safe person. I, well, okay, I can definitely agree with the safe person. Though, I do get the sense that Sean just turned up there out of convenience this time. He, Because they've established in an earlier episode they knew where his place was, and he just happened to be staying nearby. So, But I do think you're right that he's a safe person, but I don't think he's showing up there specifically because he wants to see Turner. If Corey's house was closer... He would have gone to Corey's house. Yeah, I feel like he would have... And I could be wrong, but I just feel like he would have gone to Corey's house or someone else's house, but this just happened to be the closest spot mm-hmm. to where he was I staying. I can see that, but I still just feel like it is telling of their relationship. or so, Like how Turner has cared for Sean. Because mm-hmm. I feel like if even if the hotel was like equidistant between Turner and Feeney, he would go to Turner mm-hmm. before he went to Feeney. Probably, yeah. I would say that's safe. That's a safe bet. But it, also a different a different thought. Uh-huh. Um, what would you do if this happened to you? I don't know. Like that's that's the thing about this episode, is I don't feel like it comes down with an answer. Like Feeney's even like in the next scene. Like this is a yeah, I truly like don't. a fine line, and I don't know. So there is like that. They're like at odds. Mm-hmm. On it, kind of, because Turner's like, I want to help, and Phoenix's like, I don't know if you should, but I don't, like, I don't have to answer that. Like, I'm not in this situation. Yeah, right. it's hard. Um, I feel, like, I mean, I would invite them in. I would want them to be safe and to know they're safe, and then I would make some calls because I would have no idea mm-hmm. at That's all what right. to do. But it's just like priority is the student and the kid being safe. Sure. And I know that they're safe with me. Sure. And it says a lot that they would want to seek safety with me. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. And, and I'm, 12 yeah. to 14 is different. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe not super different. I mean, we're like, yeah, sometimes 11 and 12-year-olds seem more mature. Mm, maybe. Sometimes. But, I mean, I've had it, like, where our guidance counselors come in and, like, they're talking about, like, abuse and things. Like, do you have a safe adult that you could talk to? And, like, one year it was about half the kids. Like, my name was who they said as a safe person they could talk to. Like, they didn't have anybody else, mm-hmm. which is crazy. I mean... It's just, like, very different from the world I grew up in. But this was my life. Th- yeah, I know. <laughs> 
this the like I never got. But to you show didn't up have a safe teacher. I, I didn't get to show up at any teacher's house. Like um, I relate to Sean a lot in these episodes, which I have told Cameron, but I haven't told the listeners. Like there are a lot of really prescient things here, and I think the show understands some of them and doesn't understand others very well. We'll really get into an idea in the next episode that I think is very prescient when a kid is in a situation like this. Um, But right now, I was just thinking like, how would my life have been different if a teacher had gone out of their way for me? Mm -hmm. Like all my teachers knew what was going on, at least to some extent. Like, I mean, I literally skipped class all the time and they would call and no one would answer Mm -hmm. because I was the only one there. Right. So like... Do you want to say? Because I don't think you've said it. What? What Like, what happened? I mean, my when I was 13, my parents became verbally, emotionally, and attempted a few times physically abusive alcoholics, but I was already bigger than both of them, so I couldn't really be physically abused. Uh, and then some stuff went down when I was 14, and... Uh, Cops were called. I was taken away from my my parents for a while. Um, spent about a month living with a youth pastor that I barely knew. Um, I thought he was really cool, but I didn't really know him. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I got back, my parents were like, hey, we're going to like work on ourselves. So uh, it was really for my benefit, but they just weren't around anymore. Mm-hmm. And the working on themselves is still going on today so work in progress as they say <laughs> i haven't i haven't pardon our mess i haven't really lived with functioning parents since i was 14 years old yeah so pretty close to sean right now yep in terms of like sort of being abandoned yep i was very much abandoned it took me years to realize that um you know you make a lot of excuses you make a lot of i mean sean does it too like mm-hmm. idealizing the way things were idealizing the way things are um but yeah i mean at the end of the day it's abandonment it really it really is and uh i get it um but yeah i mean i didn't have a safe i probably did have a safe teacher i could have gone to well that's not true i wouldn't I, there's not you wouldn't have felt comfortable doing so yeah there wasn't a single teacher i would have done and so it was just me mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, it was just it was just me um so yeah i really relate to sean and i this these episodes make me think a lot of like you know what if um because yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of what if here mm-hmm. yeah and i feel like um the episode and the next episode do a good job in this regard um and just like learning about trauma like I, i've learned a lot about trauma and trying to be trauma informed like in the classroom and um, just like the cure for trauma and what trauma does to your brain is connection mm-hmm. and is relationship. And like that is what can offset even like not offset, but it can help to restore in some ways like those things. And then I feel like this episode is showing that like there's this pretty traumatic thing that Sean is going through, mm-hmm. but it's like those connections that he has with the Matthews and with Turner mm-hmm. that are kind of helping him through that. Yeah, and I, and I I really get Sean here. Like one of the things that this do, this episode does really well is through the rest of the episode, Sean's like, "Oh, that's good," or "No, yeah, yeah, my dad will be back." Like, there's a lot of things like that, and I really I really get Sean because you're so overwhelmed that like your brain is just set to like, no, it'll 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 reset it'll reset back to zero. Like, and you, and you just constantly are thinking that. Like, constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, in my case, in Sean's case, it just doesn't happen. So Sean's very accommodating in these episodes. And it's not until later in the next episode that the realization that that's not true shows up. Mm-hmm. And the blow up happens. Because he's just like, I'm just trying to get through this. 
And yeah, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. That's what I did anyway. Maybe other kids like do. Like head do down, things. push through, it'll get better. Yeah. Just until it no longer feels that way. Yeah. Be accommodating. Be like I don't know. Sean is just very agreeable in these episodes and you you might think to yourself, like, why is he being agreeable? I'd be like, No, Dad, I wanna stay. It's, yeah, like, it's just because you're not in that moment. <laughs> yeah, it's like, trust me. Like your your brain is going through so much while that's going mm-hmm. on that you don't even know what's happening. Yeah, and I mean I feel like that's kind of tied with our current political moment of just like people like oh just Mm -hmm. we'll just keep our head down and things will get better things will get better things will get better and here we are like yeah no yeah (laughs) still not better um probably not gonna get better (laughs) it could get better it's gonna be better (laughs) yeah all right everyone go vote that's gonna fix it just Uh, vote we have a lot of new listeners in india apply for citizenship come and vote Um, yeah, so then we get, uh, they bring Sean to the Matthews. Um, like we said, Feeney and Turner are having a discussion about what they would have done, which is why I asked Cameron what he would have done. Um, Mm -hmm. and just like Cameron, you truly don't know. Yeah, so I feel like this is the sunset on the Feeney-Turner thing. Because it's not like, well, I'm right and you're wrong. It's like, neither of us has any clue Mm-hmm. We're going to walk through it. Yeah. And Feeney's going to push more towards like more distance. But again, I feel like that's a generational thing of like mm-hmm. distance between teacher and student. That even when we were in school and would have had teachers that were younger like Mr. Turner, there was still that distance yep. between teacher and student that is somewhat lessened now mm-hmm. a little bit. Or I like to have it a little bit lessened where it's still like an authority figure. But like the relationship I have with my students is what carries the weight of everything else. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I feel like if there was too much of that distance, that relationship wouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm not saying I'm an expert in anything. I'm, I feel like it's all just, I'm we an just ex- kind of do our best. I'm an expert in, in Sean's part. <laughs> yes, I'm not an expert on either part. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm an expert in having no clue what to do like Turner. Yep. Well, even like even me, I wouldn't know what I would do. Um, I, it is part of my plan by the time I'm 40. I want to foster older teenagers who are abandoned because I feel a kinship. And I know how no one cares about you when you're a teenager. It's really easy to care about kids. It's really hard to care about teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're out there. That's why I don't. I'm just joking. <laughs> if I you're out there and you know a teenager that's going through a rough time, know that not many people, in my case, no one even in my immediate family, like cares about you. <laughs> Like, or cares about them. Them. Yeah. Um, Because, like, the plights of teenagers just aren't taken very seriously in our society. Like, I think we we chalk them up to being delinquents or this or that or this. And Mm -hmm. it's like, none of this is their fault. These are developing children. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like. Yeah. They're being shaped by external factors that are outside of their control. Yeah. So, if you know a teenager going through a rough time, maybe take more interest in it than you think. Um. But yeah, so anyway. Listen, don't just try to tell him. Yes, then we get maybe the last kind of sex the last... joke of the episode oh. where Sean goes, uh, Sean says to Corey, uh, you should come over, we have cable. And he's like, we have cable here, Sean. Not, Not like, like this. this place. <laughs> we get a porn oh, joke. Um, yeah. Yeah, and this is the scene, like this whole scene with the dad, with Corey. People are asking Sean what he wants to do or talking to him about how rough the situation is. And Sean is very quick. He's very, very quick to just be like, oh, no, it's good. It's mm-hmm. fine. You just want people to move on. You want people to think you're normal. Like, and I wrote, even wrote, like, I get this. Like, this is actually fairly well done because good, this is what happened. Uh-huh. Like, you don't want to talk about it. 
You don't want to sit around and be like, yeah, Corey, this sucks. You want to be, you want everyone to treat you as normal in an attempt to go back to normal. Mm -hmm. So I got it. I I mean, that's just like a thing that you can control in a situation that you can control. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, it just makes sense. Yeah. Um, but then in the final part of the episode. Yeah, so Chet comes mm-hmm. and he asks the Matthews to watch Sean. Mm-hmm. Just, a, just a couple days, maybe a couple weeks, mm-hmm. and he'll be back. It's when he's like, Adam, I consider you a friend. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Alan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, uh, to be fair, we see good signs of Chet here, uh-huh. even though he's negligent. He's wanting to make sure Sean's being taken care of. But mm-hmm. also, it's like... The way he's addressing Alan mm-hmm. is you're seeing that like con man smooth talker. Like you're a good man and like all this stuff, which is something I think Alan needs to hear. Mm-hmm. Like really he takes to heart in the end, but also it's just like Chet's just being a smooth talker. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, he's not saying this because he knows mm-hmm. he's saying this because he's. Though I do think there's, I, d- I do think there's an undertone of, because I think you're right. I think he's doing it to manipulate, but I also think there's an undertone of, and maybe this is informed by the future and not now, of admiration for Alan. Yeah, because he's like stuck around and yeah, admiration for the his family. Um, I can see that. But yeah, so he's gonna go buy Sean a new shirt, which he never wears apparently, and a toothbrush, and then drop him back off at the Matthews, and he's gonna stay there. Mm-hmm. And that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's the end. Uh, Al- Turner's like. You are a good man, Alan. Yeah, and then he and Corey have the moment where Corey's like, I thought, like, what you did mm-hmm. was your identity or something like that. Well, like, your job was your identity, but... Now I'm realizing it's, like, so much more than that. I'm not the son of a grocer. I'm the son of my father. Right. Which, um, any managers of supermarkets out there still feel awful because, like, no, your job actually does suck. <laughs> Yeah, because you're not a good dad like Alan Matthews is a good dad and husband. Yeah, it, well, and it's just like, like your no, your job still does suck, but you're a good dad, so that's okay. It's like, maybe his job is valid and he is a person. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like the earlier conversation that Alan and Amy had, because I wrote it down, they didn't come out and straight say it. It's like, but like, any work, there's dignity in it. Yeah. And like, you're not just defined, like your work doesn't define who you are as a person, but your work is still valid and valuable yeah just wish the episode said that said a little that. better it <laughs> said that because even at the end I, I just took note like Corey doesn't say it's cool that you're a grocer he's just like yeah it sucks that you're a grocer and it's embarrassing but you're, you're my dad and i love you yeah so. for being my dad not for being a grocer which sucks <laughs> yeah being a grocer is the worst i mean the word gross is literally in it it's true so that's the episode what uh, did you rate it i gave it a nine and a half Really? Yeah. Nice. I give it a nine. I just, I liked it so much. I thought that it was really funny, the parts that were funny. But then it just really, I teared up twice. Oh. I teared up when Sean fell asleep on the couch. <laughs> Something about it got me. I mean, even right now, thinking about it. Um, and then at the end, when Corey and his dad are talking, and they have like that heart-to-heart moment <laughs> that hope- we just made fun of. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hope someday... Nolan comes up. Dad. Even though you're a teacher, I still think you're pretty cool, <laughs> and it's not who you are as a as a worker. In our capitalistic society, your labor doesn't define you. <laughs> even though, even though all you are is a lame old teacher, you're still my dad, and I love you. Right. Maybe it was just that fatherhood thing that got me. <laughs> but I, I just I loved it. Who is your MVP? Um, I was torn between torn. Eric. And chat. I can't give it to Eric. Not because he is the funniest part of the episode. But because he doesn't actually contribute to yeah, the he's, episode. He's he's comic relief. He's he is definitely the most valuable clown of the episode. <laughs> MVC. Yes, but I don't think 
he is the MVP. I can give it to Chet. I can give it to Turner. Mm-hmm. I also like Turner. Let's rule out who it's not. Corey, Feeney, Allen, Amy. You can make an argument for Allen. You could, but I don't think so. No, I don't have it. Um, Topanga. Topanga sadly. for the growl. And Sean is very funny. Mm-hmm. So I could, I, could, I could also give it to Sean, especially for the Presbyterian joke. <laughs> and the summer vocation. Oh, he doesn't even make the summer vocation joke. Yeah. He just lowers his hand. <laughs> He's about to make the summer <laughs> vocation joke. Um, and the whole, like, I didn't know you guys had personal lives. You guys are working really... Oh. oh not not like this place. Yeah. So I could definitely do Sh- do Sean. I could uh-huh. do Turner. I could do Chet. I'm really good with any of them. Yeah, I just feel like Chet is so charming. Yeah. Let's give it to Chet this episode. And then I titled the episode Boy Meets Chet. I titled the episode I mean, I Boy feel Meets like that's Chet. That's what it has to be. Yeah. So, Boy yep. Meets Tippy. Boy Meets Tippy. All right. And that's episode 222, Career Day. <laughs> Episode 223, Home. Home. Um, yes, so you got the summary. All right, so Sean has been living with the Matthews for about three weeks, and things are kind of at the breaking point. Um, just kind of the tensions of living in close proximity are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Sean is also kind of feeling caged mm-hmm. and wants to get away. Um, so he does. He runs off, um, ends up with Turner again. I'm, I'm blanking here. Um, he does end up with Turner again, um, and... In the end, Turner offers to let Sean live with him because the Sean thinks that his dad doesn't want him, the Matthews don't want him, just because yeah. of these tensions have come up, and Turner's like, let's just give it a try. Hilarity does not ensue. No, it really doesn't. <laughs> um, let's, again... Let's just get on Eric's... Yeah, let's get Eric out ...little of story, because he is super stressed about the SATs. The SATs. Still. Still. At the end of the last episode, he finds out there's a math portion. Yeah, he gets kind of loses it. But now he's back on verbal. Yeah, he's still he's doing second with verbal. Um, but he's like practice tests. Pra- he's practice tests, and he's doing worse and worse and worse. Yeah, I do, it is funny. Uh, it is funny. You got a 170. That's not possible. You get 200 points for signing your name. He shows in this thing. Oh, there's two T's in Matthews. <laughs> yes, and then uh, he's like Eric. You need to hang out. And Eric goes, no, I need oxygen. You know where there's oxygen? Outside. So he pulls he goes, Jason out. and Jason, Good old H2O. <laughs> yeah, good old H2O. And Jason goes, has your house been tested for radon? And then basically it's like, or Jason's like, okay, you're crazy. I'm going home. Never see Jason We will again. never see Jason again. This is also where we see Morgan for the last time. Uh, yes, I cannot believe Morgan is still in this. Yeah, she's down there eating ice cream. We'll get to it. She does nothing most of this season. Yeah, and it's sad. She's a delight in the first season. At least the first half. An of absolute her season. treasure. When she's on, she's on. <laughs> it's true. And she has a, you know, the very beginning of the season. Go back to camp, loser. It's a great uh-huh. moment. Yeah. But yeah. But the my parents are fighting and I can't get down and they're shouting. They just shot the neighbor. We don't have those anymore. No. Uh, Lindsay and say we don't blame you. We understand. We understand. Um, and you're wonderful as young Morgan. And when we see you again, we'll have questions. But we're not going to worry uh-huh. about that right now. You should come on the show. You should absolutely. I really mean come it. The show. And then we get Eric. Uh, what else? Oh yes, Eric uh, talks to Feeney. Feeney's Feeney. like, I have three tips that I'm not allowed to tell you. We'll just turn the whole 
mm-hmm. testing system on its head. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you have to tell him. He's like, you have to. Here's the price. Yeah, manual labor. He's gonna yeah do manual labor. He needs some sod laid down, some bushes trimmed, nine trees planted. Yes. Um, and so Feeney agrees to help him out. Yeah. By the end, Feeney or Eric is like three days later. Time for the SATs. He's completely dirty. It's like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Like you got to tell me these. And then Feeney's. Just like, relax. Yeah. I wrote him down. He kind of Mr. Miyagi's him because uh-huh. the work was part of it to get his yeah, mind like, off it. Yeah, it's like to get his mind off it, you need to get some sleep. Like you're tired now, so you can get a good night's sleep. You need to clear your mind, stop thinking about the, cell, the test, and then trust in yourself. Yeah. So it seems like, and I may be reading into this, but it seems like Feeney did this through work. He's tiring him out with work to get him to sleep. He's giving him work he doesn't have to think about to clear his mind. And he's giving him work that he knows he can do well to help him trust about himself. himself. So it seems like he's very much Mr. Miyagiing, like uh-huh. wax Paint on, defense. wax off. <laughs> yes, that that was great for an audio medium. Yes, <laughs> it was when he painted the fence in the Karate Kid. Yes, and then he learns to block punches because he painted. Because of fence. course, and wax on. Really, it's all about blocking punches. What else is karate but blocking punches? <laughs> it's much more than that. And karate, then, I believe, is much more offensive than and defense. Then doing the crane uh, that one kick doesn't, he, and then kicking. That one was a miracle. Well, he's actually teaching him Shaolin-style kung fu and not karate, I think, right? Or something like that. Oh, yeah, who knows? Because karate is all about having a strong core and, like, chopping. But he's like, not doing that. No. Like, it's a lot of it's a lot of downward blows. And karate's also the one you'll see people with like big shoots of bamboo, like uh-huh. smacking you in the stomach to develop that. It was an Okinawa of, style of it's true. martial arts. So anyway. But whatever else, kid, just doesn't sound as good. Yeah. Well and everything was just karate in the nineties. Uh-huh. It's because the DC only... Comics character, the karate kid, that they just liked it and made the movie. I do love that character. Um Karate Kid. We love you. Come on the show. This is now a Karate Kid podcast. A Legion of Superheroes podcast. Yes. And Karate Kid. I could do a Legion of Superheroes podcast. You really could. My favorite uh, DC comic superhero team is a team called the Legion of Superheroes. And they're wonderful. They're the pre X Men. Yes. They were very much the X Men of the future. The whole idea of having an ensemble cast with like kind of one power each. Uh, it was very much a Legion of the Superheroes thing uh, back in the Silver Age, and even earlier than that. I mean, they date back really far. Um, and a lot of them, you can make direct, direct lines to X-Men counterparts mm-hmm. that they just kind of rip off. Timberwolf to Wolverine, Cosmic, Cosmic Boy, Boy to Magneto. So Others. Well, probably. yes, there are others, but we don't need to talk about this right now. Let's list them all. No, I'm just joking. Um... Cosmic so Boy, Lightning Lad, Saturn it works Girl, out. Light Lass. I guess apparently it works out for him. Well, we don't know. For Eric. It doesn't actually. <laughs> we don't. We do know it doesn't work out. Um, yes. So getting back to proper, we get to the beginning of Eric studying, and he does say, nihilism is to optimism as gluttony is to Butte, Montana. <laughs> <laughs> Which I've been to Butte, Montana. Lovely place. Would optimism, nihilism to optimism as gluttony is to starvation? Fasting? See, the whole thing about word association is I feel like they give you a list of terms and you have to pick the best one that goes into it. It's a, I mean, that makes sense. Because like, it could be to a lot of things. Um, I'm just thinking like nihilism and uh, optimism really the opposite of nihilism? Yeah. It's, it's a weird question. It's a weird question. You can be nihilistically Aaron, optimistic. Aaron, if you're listening, tell us the answer to this. He's a philosopher. I I guess. Dan. <laughs> Aaron, Dr. talk Dan. to Dan. 
Aaron, you and Dan conferring, get back to us. Yes. Um, I've read plenty of stuff about nihilism. But you don't know. Well, I'm just saying, you could be optimistically nihilistic. I'm saying. The SATs are dumb. I think that's where we need to come <laughs> down. I literally wrote that. Is the SAT breaking Eric? Is Eric a commentary on the effects of standardized tests? Ooh. I think so. Because this is when he markedly gets dumber as he's studying for the SATs. Yeah. And never recovers. He never... They, they break Eric. The SATs Although, break Eric. He's still pretty dumb. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we've said he's always been dumb. Is but he just gets Eric extra. on the spectrum? I mean, maybe. I think he is. I think he has to be on the spectrum. But, okay, so now we get to the real crux of the matter. Sean, Sean's lifestyle is clashing with the Matthews lifestyle. Mm-hmm. He takes forever in the bathroom. Uh, Eric has everything. He's got like a lucky pencil. <laughs> and luck, Lucky towel. Towely. Yes. And then <clears throat> Sean makes a joke when Eric slips. I think he just found Slippy, his lucky soap. <laughs> um, and then he goes downstairs. He drinks milk straight from the carton. Uh-huh. He's wearing the same outfit that he wore the whole last episode. Yep. And he wears it all this episode. Uh-huh. And, like, they look at him like he is a animal. Mm-hmm. He's drinking from the milk car, and he's like, a cup? My dad always says, a cup? Who are you trying to impress? Yes. That was a pretty good chat. Yeah, that was a good chat. A cup? Who are you trying to impress? Who are you trying to impress? Um, I do love Sean's chat impression. This is not the last time we will see it, and it's always a delight. Um, there was a quote in the last episode that was wonderful. He's like, Texas women couldn't keep me from here. Yes. <laughs> Which maybe they do. Who knows? Um, yeah, and then, you know, Amy, like, keeps putting S's on stuff. Uh-huh. Which, it's, in the fridge you can kind of understand. But then she like, she's like, I fixed your pants. Are your jeans with all the holes in them? It's like, oh, tell me you didn't throw them away. It's like, no, I patched them. And they've got S's all, S's all over them. <laughs> it's so bad. And she gets him this yellow zip-up hoodie. Uh-huh. I would wear it. That they call a shirt mm-hmm. throughout the entire episode. Yeah. The, even later, Corey will be like, is that the shirt my mom wears? Corey has this really weird white crew neck shirt that just looks like it's on backwards. It does kind like of. Like how high the collar is. The collar is really high. I noticed that too, which is odd for me to notice something like that. But yeah, so this is where we get into something that is really real, especially for people who lose their family well at least it was for me i don't i don't know this idea of limited or conditional welcomeness like people want to be nice especially in america people want to be nice so when you're going through a hard time people want to help Mm -hmm. and i cannot tell you over the years how many times i've heard people say like well we're your family now or you're part of the family now olive garden every time i go there not, There's a mosquito. There is a mosquito. I tried to grab we it. We just high-fived, sort of. <laughs> but also felt like you were swatting me for my bad joke about the Olive Garden. I made both. I was trying to swap the <laughs> mosquito in there. But like you hear this literally all the time. And never once is it true. Uh-huh. Like, it's just like a platitude. It, and, it, and it really is. Like, you know, Amy says in the last episode, you're like, you're welcome here always. And it's very... I think they would have kept Sean... I'm not saying he wasn't welcome, but his welcome wears out at a certain point, and he feels it. And this has been my experience with everyone else's family. Like, I've built my own family. Cameron is a part of it. Our oh. friends, Adam and Taryn, are a part of it. And I've built my own my own unique version of a family. It's a family. Yeah, that I've found. But 
other people's like extended families. So this is a really weird aside. I have actually made up a holiday to replace Thanksgiving because people inviting me to their Thanksgiving dinners is terrible every single time. <laughs> like, if you're out there and you're like, oh, I know this guy without a family, I'm going to invite him to Thanksgiving. And this isn't like a college student who just can't go home for Thanksgiving. I'm talking about people without families. Because you, you want to be nice. You're like, I love being with my family. You'll love being with my family. You are ignored at those things. Mm -hmm. You sit by yourself. because yeah, you have like... Your entire life that you've known these people. Yes. So, like, even if now you're totally different, like, you still have all that history, but, like, this is a totally new person. Yep. Like, I enjoy Thanksgiving. We usually go to my wife's aunt's house, and she has, like, especially all of her male cousins. Like, they're fine, but they don't talk to me. Yeah. They, I mean, they probably offer you a few, like, oh, how's teaching going? Yeah. Like, I'm not even. Yeah. And it's not like, oh, those guys, I don't like them. It's just, like... There's nothing in where like extremely different. Yep. Like they're very, and I don't mean this in a bad way at all. They're just like very rural, like country boys. And I am super not. Mm -hmm. Even having done some country things, as has come up on this podcast, I'm just, that's just not who I am. Yeah. There's just like not that connection or even like memories having grown up together. Um, yeah. But I mean, it's fine. I enjoy it because like the food is really good. Yeah. And we've missed it the last two years for different reasons. And yeah. I'm sad about it. But this year, it's happening. Yeah. And, and, I guess a lot of this is like, I guess I'm raising awareness for the other side, the like atypical, but like, it's awful for us. <laughs> like, and you're, and, and you, everyone's like, oh, you're part of the family, but you're not like a few times I believed that at first, like that I was part of the family and three months, a year, two years goes by and those people forget about you. Mm -hmm. They do because you're not part of the family. Chance, I'm telling you this right now. My hand is on your shoulder. I will never invite you to Thanksgiving. Thank you. We could do a Friendsgiving. Friendsgiving, because... Well, we yeah. can't, because now I have my own holiday. We could do a Friends uh, Time Warp Day. So, my, my holiday is called Time Loop Day. That's right. Time Loop Day. Here are the rules of Time Loop Day. You must start every Time Loop Day with the movie Groundhog Day. You cannot change out of your pajamas. And you must eat breakfast burritos. I have my own unique time loop day tradition where i put a different hot sauce on those on those burritos every year but he's not a traditional time loop day observer but you watch groundhog day and then you watch time loop episodes in movies like last year i did the supernatural time loop episode i did Star did you watch Trek. happy death day i did last year was the first time happy death day was in the rotation and i love it it's going to be in the rotation for a long time time How loop movies and episodes are good they are. They're great. Did you listen to the Adventure Zone episodes of the Eleventh Hour? I. It's, that's a lot. That's it, a lot to commit to. That's a pre-time loop day thing you can do. Yeah. But uh, there's a up. Power Ranger Zeo episode where Tommy gets trapped in a time loop. Oh, fun. Uh, there's there's an episode of Buffy. So you just it has to be about nine solid hours of time loop. Any more than that's excessive. It's true. I used to watch the X-Files episode Monday, but I don't really like the X-Files just because I don't have any connection to it. I'm sure if I watched it from beginning to end, I would really enjoy it. But yeah, time loop day. So that is my holiday. And if you ever ask me to go to Thanksgiving with you, I will say, sorry, I have plans. And it's not a lie. I do. He literally invented his own holiday to avoid spending time with people. It's that true. is uncomfortable. And, oh, hear me out. I don't get out of my pajamas and I eat breakfast burritos. It's wonderful. Sounds nice to me. Our friend Adam always has to, like, for 
Thanksgiving, his wife's family gets really dressed up for the dinner. Oh, and that's he's always, sorry, sucker. And he always texts me. He's always like, I know you're in your pajamas right now. <laughs> like, as he's in his sport coat. And I mean, having worked in retail a lot, you usually have to, like, work or... Actually, generally... Work the next day early or something. Yeah, work the next day early a lot, yeah. I remember when we worked at Hastings, I had to work Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, but only like... Which was garbage. Only like... We opened at like 8 on Thanksgiving. We opened at, at like 11. Did we? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember And I had to that. be the opener. And there were people waiting. You know what they bought? Nothing. They were just going to walk around on Thanksgiving. Yeah. It, Celebrating their own. Like... Celebrating their own traditions. Now, now, you may be asking yourself out there, this is the last thing we'll talk about. Why doesn't he have his own fake Christmas? No one invites you to Christmas. It's too big of a thing. Then they have to get you a gift. Yeah, it's too... Thanksgiving's low pressure in that there's tons of food anyway. You don't really have to prepare for another person. Yeah, and generally people are going somewhere for a long period of time for Christmas Mm -hmm. or having family come in for a long period of time. No one invites you to Christmas, which I very much so appreciate, by the way. I'll never invite you to Christmas either. Thanks. I mean, yeah, I might get you a gift. Aww. But I'm not going to make you come to anything. Thank you. But anyway, like... This whole idea of Sean wearing out his welcome or the family that said he was a part of them starting to reject him in certain ways because mm-hmm. of um, because of who he is and him not meshing with their world is extremely real. And if you're ever going to out there in Listenerville tell someone, oh, you're part of our family now? You better stick with it. Well, and understand, like, this person doesn't have a family. Also that. It's a big deal. Saying that, or saying that we're a family when the family you have is pretty messed up. Yes. <laughs> like, maybe not the best comparison. Yeah. Um, so, I guess I'm raising awareness and saying, like, this whole thing, like, it put me in a place I've been many times. Like, of just, like, I thought we were a family now. Don't families, like, work together and accommodate each other? Oh, guess not. <laughs> like, once you get uncomfortable, it's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it take, it's beyond being nice. Mm-hmm. Which it's easy to be nice. It doesn't cost you anything to be nice. Right. But being nice, you can be really nice to someone while like terrible things are happening to them and do nothing about it and still say you're being nice. Yeah. There's a there's a book I really like called Interior States, and in that book, um, it's a collection of essays about the about the interior states, the flyover state. And in it, it ta- there's an essay called American Niceness, and they literally say like niceness costs you nothing. It's a smile. It's a wave. It's a have a nice day. But love compassion empathy those things real kindness yeah actual kindness like yeah like caring costs you something yeah those all cost you something and it's generally in america a price we're not willing to pay so so let's pay it listeners dear listeners so um, this has been a fun thing to talk about yeah, abandonment like, families like hating you the episodes are there <laughs> it's, it's definitely we're talking it about what's what's in front of us um also again i mean because it's just continuing from the last episode mm-hmm. turner's scared of commitment kind of comes up here where cat's wanting to talk to him or like she left something in his apartment mm-hmm. um and he's like oh you here then you take it yeah. She's like, don't, I'm, like, I'm just going to leave stuff. What was in the bag? Is it underwear? No it's got to be underwear, right? Is it like tampons? You don't wear tampons. He said I wouldn't wear them. Yeah, I'd be worried if I started wearing them. It's got to be underwear. It's got to be like a thong, right? Something. Something like that. Maybe, well, why would he be embarrassed if they were like pantyhose? Yeah. I think it's got to be some kind of negligee or something like that. Mm, it's very small. I don't know what the word negligee means, I just realized. Let's move past <laughs> that. Whatever that is. 
Um, yeah, so it's got to be something like that. This is a really weird scene to me because, like, all that happens in it is that confrontation, which is very funny. It's like, Jonathan, are you bringing your lunch today? Are I you thought... brown bagging it? I thought we were having lunch together. <laughs> yeah. And she goes, no, it's mine. And he's like, oh, what is it? And then he's like, ah, a change of subject is in order. <laughs> and then we do... And then he's like, are you getting, like, too involved in mm-hmm. this situation with Sean? And then Turner points out, like, you're too involved with... Eric. Eric, especially. And then Turner's like... Or Feeney's like, duck. And she, yeah. Eric goes by studying and, like, ducks under an open locker. Yeah. And then he runs into a locker and just turns and goes the other way. Uh-huh. Which is very funny. funny visual. And then Corey and Sean... Or, or, or Corey sees Sean and he's got the hoodie but he's ripped off the sleeves and it does look a lot better actually mm-hmm. um, he's like it looks okay now and, and he's like do you know what my mom's gonna do when she sees that he's like I'm guessing so a lot of S's on it yeah like <laughs> sew it up and put an S on it and it, it's this whole like yeah it's, yeah, like the it's honeymoon's what we talked about it's, it's what we talked about like now that now that the honeymoon's over now that it's I mean it's basically just a form of like culture shock yeah Well, it's a form of culture shock and also, like, your kids are your kids and you expect other kids who come in to To be... be the same way. To be the same way. And they're not. And and you're not. Like, Sean has a different style than Corey, but Amy can't get that. style. Well, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Neither of them are really... (laughs) Neither of them are really... Pulling it off in the fashion department. Topanga, though. Yeah, Topanga Topanga rules. Jeff's kids. Um, and then, yeah, and then, like, that's that's really all that happens in this episode. So it's just to show discontentment in the two relationships, I think. Mm-hmm. Which is... It's, 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 it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. And then we cut to um, nighttime. It's, yeah, he's looking out the window. Yeah. Um, sh- <laughs> apparently they're in bed at 9 o'clock. Uh, which, yeah, is, which is weird. They shouldn't be anyway. So I kind of get, like, Sean, like, oh, I have to go to bed at 9 o'clock mm-hmm. here. He's feeling very caged. He's, like, watching a stray dog out there. Yeah. He's saying it's a very cool dog. Like uh, He's howling because he's free. And then Corey's like, no, he's howling because he wants his family. Mm-hmm. This is where I think, I think there's like a truth and a lie here. I do think that we who have been abandoned, which is my new band <laughs> name. My, sort of a post-hardcore <laughs> band. Terralite. We who have been I, abandoned. Terralite, my new band is called We Who Have Been Abandoned. <laughs> That's the drum. Uh, yeah, it's a... It's really a synth-based metal pop band. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Wait, the, just the band Star Set. They're a great band. You should check them out. Like, there is a feeling of cagedness. There's a feeling of, like, being trapped in your situation. I mean, you even said to me before that you're feeling trapped yeah. in different things. Yeah, I do. I, I, I will occasionally feel caged. Which is something I've never felt before. You've never felt caged? You've no. never felt like you're lacking your freedom? No. Oh, I've... <laughs> It's not something, now that I'm older and I'm working a lot, it's something I feel in different, more resigned ways. (laughs) I'm not free, (laughs) but I can eat food, so I'm not starving. I don't do that. I can afford medicine, I guess. Yeah. Not really. So this, this too is fairly realistic to my experience. The the part that isn't is the I don't know the the glorification of being free because I I feel like Sean is like Ma, I will be happier if mm-hmm. and like I know that this is really hard to explain it's really it's an idea I may not not even understand myself like I still know I'm gonna be miserable <laughs> it's just like but you're miserable uh, on your own terms but you're miserable and you're you're free like and granted 
Ever since I was 14, I had no rules in my life that I didn't make for myself. So, of course, when I'm, like, on a college campus, I'm going to feel a little caged. Because <laughs> there are rules all around me. And I didn't do well with rules, rules when sometimes. I had a family. <laughs> I didn't... We've talked on this podcast. I didn't do well with rules when I had a family. He was out setting kids on fire in the <laughs> streets in his youth. It's true. Well, my parents weren't in the picture, and then that's why we could go to the gas station at 3 in the morning. Exactly. But... Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I had the, the feeling is very real, but like the feeling that it's going to fix something and I'm probably doing a horrible job. Yeah. It's like, you know, this isn't going to make anything better, Mm -hmm. but it also feels like what I want. Yeah. And then like leaving and then going to the, or going to the high school with spray paint also doesn't make any sense to me. Mm Mm-hmm. They were just going to sell it to the bad, bad kids, kids and overcharge them because they deserve it. Yeah, and overcharge them. It serves them right. <laughs> so what we're talking about is uh, Sean knocks on Turner's door well, yeah. when he's in a fight with Kat this uh-huh. time. Because he won't say, I love you. Yeah. Um, he won't say, I love you. He says here he can look at her eyes forever. forever. And then she's like, what do you mean by that? Does that you mean have, you want to marry me? It means you, I like you have nice eyes. <laughs> yeah, <it means laughs> and he's just like, you take a compliment worse than any woman I've ever met. Yeah, well, yeah, it's really funny, actually, because she's like, you're a good man. Like, I could see myself growing old like with I you. Feel raising safe with me. you. Yeah. She gives this whole spiel. And she's like, if you can't say the same to me, don't let me give any more of my heart to you. And he's like, cat eye, you take a compliment worse than any woman I've ever met. <laughs> Just like I feel like that's a good thing that she said though. Just like, but also she's like, we've been together for a month. Yeah, I don't know. There's a there's a point. I, I went back and forth on this because what she's saying makes sense. She's in this for a relationship, and he should know that. But at the same time, it's been four months. He's obviously got a hang up. You're not asking him what his hang up is. You're not like yeah. You're not trying to understand him at all. Yeah. So I think it's a both. And it's really easy to demonize the guy in this because we're so used to guys being trash. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just be honest. We are. Especially in media like this. But at the same time, like, she's not like, what's holding you back? Or yeah, what, let's talk about what, this. What is the root of this It's like, problem? say you love me or... Yeah. So... Okay, Dean. Gilmore Girls. <laughs> yes, Dean from Gilmore Girls. Yeah, that's really bad. Jonathan, you are not nearly that bad. Um... Yeah, so I I had a question about which one of them was mm-hmm. quote unquote right. And I don't think I don't think either of them, right? They wanted different things. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know what I don't know I don't that know Jonathan knows. What Turner wants. Yeah, I don't know that he knows what he wants. But I just feel like she's too about quick it. to just call it off. Yeah. And, and and you know, saying like and the way she says it is good. Don't let me give any more of my heart to you. Which That's is good. Smart. Yeah, and, and, and not and she's not saying like it's over. Or say this to me or I'm gone. She's just saying, like, I'm getting really invested. If you can't get give me a similar type of investment, like, I'm going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Yeah, but then Sean's brought by the cops. Mm-hmm. Again, interrupting their conversation. Uh-oh. In my mind, this is a really quick aside, it's Carl Winslow that brings him every time. Uh-huh. It's not. But it's not. But when I remember The first episode, moment when he pops up, it's like... Yeah. That's who you put there. And then he, as he talks. and he, Yeah. Well, and and it's just like when I think back on this episode, I think it would have been such Winslow. a good TGIF crossover. But they're in Chicago. It doesn't make sense for him to be yeah. in Philadelphia. Though, doesn't that happen at some point? Carl Winslow showing up as a cop in a different city? Die Hard? Oh, Die Hard. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Sean shows up and... He, 
he's clearly lying to the policeman. He's like, yeah, I'm staying with my teacher while my parents are out rescuing a girl who fell down a blowhole. <laughs> <laughs> fell down a blowhole? Yeah. It's just like little baby Jessica kind of thing. Wasn't it baby Jessica like she fell in a well? Like a very small, like, well, well, you need to look it up. Look it up. See if it's real. Okay. It was a whole big thing. Um, I fell down a blowhole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <clears throat> Kat leaves because the cops are here. This is, like, not a thing. And it's clear the relationship is over. She's like, good luck, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. So, again, eh, but whatever. Yeah. Relationships are complicated. Leave it there. But uh, Turner gets really mad, yells at Sean, like, would he have yelled at you like this? Mm-hmm. And Sean's like, I don't take this. You're not my dad. So you're not my dad. <laughs> and then he does he run? No, he doesn't run off. No, Turner doesn't really let him run off. Yeah, but then they go back to the Matthews the next day, mm-hmm. and um, they send the boys upstairs because Corey lied to them about Sean leaving or not telling them that he left, and then Sean left. So they send them upstairs, and they're talking. Chet calls, and mm-hmm. he's saying. I'm not coming I'm back. Not coming for a back while. for a while, and they're like, "You can't do this." Like, mm-hmm. we yeah, it, didn't sign up for this, essentially. Yeah, and the the line is the line that hit me real hard was when I when when I said we did take Sean, I didn't mean forever. But what they said is, "You always have a bed here." Mm-hmm. Always and forever are pretty synonymous. <laughs> yeah. So, like to Sean, it very much was. That, Forever? I think. Not that like he would be there Like, as long as you need to. Uh, yeah. And then realizing, like, what he suspected all along, that they were going to leave like his mother left, like, in a way. And they're just kind of confirming that. Yeah. Like, no, like, his reaction, like, I don't need you, I don't need any of you. Man, that's, like, my whole life. <laughs> that's, like, my whole life. It's just like, oh, you're just, like, the people who abandoned me. Peace. Uh-huh. And so he, but he hears their conversation. Yeah. And then locks it's, himself in the room. Chet has a very fond line that I like of like of like well if I know my boy he's gonna be standing right there listening yeah. to you adults that are talking about him he's gonna be standing right behind him listening and then like without missing a beat he's like how you doing big guy <laughs> which while Chet Chet is a bad person mm-hmm. that shows a level of fondness and knowledge yeah, awareness of his son, of his son. yeah. Um, and then he was, but then he runs off. Um, yeah. And Alan and Amy follow him upstairs. But Turner Turner's realizes. like, huh? And he goes outside. Yeah. Turner realizes he's going to escape. And then he drops out the window, and the Turner's like, fall down a blowhole, did you? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I don't have to listen to you. He's like, well, maybe you should. Uh-huh. And he's like, you're just, like, he's like, maybe you should live with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, well, until you get sick of me, and then you'll kick me out. He's like, well, I'm sick of you right now, and I'm still making the offer. Which is a good line. Uh-huh. Which like, is a good line. It's like, that's not going to be the thing that stops it. Yeah. I question whether or not Sean would be quick to trust Turner after his trust in the Matthews was just damaged. I question that. But he's probably pretty desperate to trust somebody. Mm-hmm. He so, wants to trust somebody. Yeah. And like, yes, he got, like, Turner called the Matthews to let them know Sean was safe. Mm-hmm. But like... He still went to Turner yeah. in that moment. He still knew Turner was that person he could go to. Yeah. Like, so those layers of trust are there. And, and you know, I think they, they give Sean the... Sean has worn a leather jacket twice in this season. In this episode and in the episode where he's bad. And it's a good look for him that stays with him the rest of the series, pretty much. Uh-huh. But he and Turner are wearing leather jackets next to each other. And I think it's showing, like, Turner's much more Sean's speed. Mm-hmm. 
kind of a deal. Yeah. And it's not like he has a family with established norms and yeah. rules and all the things that they do. Like, it's more of a place for Sean. Yep. So Turner's like, I'm making the offer. Like, come live with me. I'll give you a window to crawl out of, though it is five stories up. Sean's like, I like the challenge. <laughs> then Corey drops down. It's like, I heard the whole thing. I got stuck up there. I mean, that's yes. basically Corey's one moment. <laughs> yeah. And then they're going to go in and talk, and Turner's going to tell him about... Yeah, get things set up with Chet. Yeah, gets things set up with everybody. And they're talking. He's like, what's it like to be a housebroken dog? Which is really tying a bow on this situation that is not at all resolved. Uh-huh. I don't... I really want to get into the head of the writers, and I can't, obviously. But, like, did they think... We, this was we fixed it. Yeah, this is it. This is the end. Because, like, next season it's kind of played that way for a while, that Sean will be with Turner forever. But that's not the way the show ends up going, nor is it real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because he's like... Nor is it even set up here as what's going to be real. It's like, it's going to be for a while, but not forever. Yeah. But the, the I don't know, the, the, the talk that Corey and Sean have, well, sweet, is very, is very, what's the word I'm looking for? Final. Two on the nose. Yeah, it's very final. He's like, Corey's line, if you bring them their slippers, they love it. <laughs> or the paper. Yeah, bring them their paper. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah, like it, They're just trying to tie it all up with that nice sitcom, end of the season yeah. niceness. Yep, and, you know, Sean's going to go live with Turner. His dad and mom have abandoned him. It's just all the, all the warm fuzzies. Man, abandonment issues, guys. They're not fun. Not fun at all. Anyway, um, yeah, that's the end. What did you rate it? Um, I gave it an eight and a half. I really consider these two episodes one. Uh-huh. I just think it's a nine again. Yeah, I just really like Career Day. Yeah. I think because it was funnier. There was a lot more humor in the last episode. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I feel like, again, these last few episodes of season two have been all very great. Yeah. Even like the more serious ones. And like, yeah, this is kind of like two sides of the same, mm-hmm. literal the same story. Yeah. Um, with the back half being the more serious part. Really, Eric is the only inconsistency. And there's no Topanga in this one. Yeah. Oh, Topanga disappears and Jason disappears and that's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, also, this is just a random aside. They really are trying to make Are You Kidding Me from Turner like a catchphrase. Uh-huh. Are you kidding me? Uh, it's a good catchphrase. Um, I gave it a nine. Um Obviously, I resonate with it more than your average viewer is going to. I mean, I think that's fairly clear. Like, I understand what it's like to be abandoned Mm -hmm. so completely. Like, a lot of people are abandoned by, like, one or two people. Uh But to be, like, completely abandoned is a very unique experience. So I am unique in my relation to this episode, I suppose. Well, la-di-da, good for you. (laughs) Good for you. <laughs> Good for, completely abandoned. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just saying, and like, brag about it. Why don't you? I'm just saying, like, I think that's why I'm always going to be pretty high on this episode. Because I think even though there are a few things where I'm like, I don't know if that's the way it would go. Still, like, it does a good job and it raises mm-hmm. some really good ideas. And probably the writers aren't writing from experience. Maybe they are. Maybe who knows? I don't know. Um, MVP? Who's your MVP? I said Turner. No, oh, I said Sean. I think Sean is in it more. We can give it to Sean. Yeah. And he's great in it. Uh-huh. What did you name it? Uh, I did Boy Meets uh, Stray Dog. That's what I wrote, too. Yeah. We're just on the same wavelength <laughs> here. Yeah. It's it's fairly fairly obvious. Mm-hmm. But we did it. That's season two. We finished season two. 
We got a tournament next week? Yeah, next week. That's going to be fun. We got some guests for that tournament? It's going to be a great time. I can hardly wait. I can't believe we're done with season two. It just kind of hit me. It just flew by. Yeah. So, wow. Season two of Boy Meets World. Done. Over. Um, We got a new theme song this season. That Mm -hmm. was great. From Dizzy Parker. Be sure to check out his work below. Yeah. Not below. In the the description. description. This isn't a YouTube video. Yep. This... Smash that subscribe like button. And subscribe. I've been talking about it for a long time, but we gotta put this audio out on YouTube. Anyway, um, yeah, so Dizzy Parker, it. thank you so much. Uh, we got a new theme song. We had our first guests. We've had a lot of guests. Quite a few guests. We're having we one of my favorite episodes. We had Bro Meets World on. Next week we have uh, Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World, uh-huh. which is a mouthful, but it's a good mouthful. Yeah. So we'll be uh, meeting them for the first time and doing the tournament with them. Uh, so not only our opinions will be considered, um, our the brackets will be based on our opinions uh-huh. and our guests. But but then moving on from there. Yeah, in the actual tournament. So I wonder if these episodes should be one or two. They'll be two. They'll be two. Anyway, but yeah, be looking forward to that. And that's all I've got. Me too. All right, well, so long, world. So long, world. <laughs>